Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are like we going to talk about the love story? John, you said you thought it was quite cute. I thought. Yeah, I think it's. I think it is a little bit cute, but it's also desperately unconvincing. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I don't buy it for a second. No, I mean, yeah, no. It, it's. It's. It's one of the things that 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 we slightly unglamorous. Uh, Harry, yeah, I, I, I'm talking about me. I'm not. I'm not Tom's looking at me askance. Um, would, would love to kind of be true, but no, 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 that never happens in reality. This is the big seventy-seven O. Welcome everyone to this episode of the Flix Watcher Podcast. You are listening to Kobe, which is me. I'm also joined by Tom. Hello there. And John. Hello. And as always, Helen. Hello. And we're going to be talking about Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Ooh. I hope you enjoy the show, guys. Remember, please visit us online at flixwatcher.tv. Come to our Twitter account, which is Flix, at flixwatcherpod. And please go to iTunes, subscribe and review. All films featured in the podcast were available to stream on Netflix UK at the time of recording. And please be aware there will be spoilers and some language that may offend. Hello and welcome to Flix Watcher Podcast. Joining us today are Tom and John. If you would like to say hello to our lovely listeners and tell us a little bit about um, where we might be able to hear your voices. Um, Tom, you can you go ahead. Uh, we are two thirds of the Best Pick podcast presenting team. Best Pick is another movie podcast and our yeah. gimmick is... Competition. I know, I know. invited competition in. Well, uh, not very many of the movies we watch are on... Uh, Netflix, though I think a few are, mm. we've taken all the movies that have won Best Picture at the Academy Awards and we are watching them in an order determined by picking them out of a hat at random. So for every episode, we will talk about what else was happening in movies that year, what actually happened at that year's Oscar ceremony, yeah. uh, how the movie was made, then we'll go and watch the movie together and then we'll come back and talk about it and then at the end of the episode, we'll pick out the movie for next time. I do like the way you do set the scene for like the Oscar ceremony, um, like saying... This is the 18th time that Billy Crystal presented. Yeah, yeah he's full of the facts. Yeah. Tom. Yeah. The, the yeah. trivia level on this, yeah. if you're into your Oscar trivia, and I love a bit of Oscar trivia, this is top <laughs> level. There are some, and there's some really interesting things. We had one recently where, uh, I don't think this has come out yet, but you have uh, Holly Hunter and Emma Thompson competing with each other in both the Best Actress and Best Supporting Actress. Oh, really? Wow. 
how did that end up or should we just wait until yeah. everybody <laughs> tune in it's, to it's a matter of record uh, Holly yeah. Hunter won Best Actress and Emma Thompson didn't win either uh, which uh, year was this and what, what did Holly Hunter it win? was the piano oh, okay. for Holly Hunter and was it Broadcast News that year um, yes it would have to be I think wouldn't it yeah. and then for Emma Thompson it was it The Name of the Father mm. and I can't remember what the other Emma Thompson one was was it um, Remains of the Day might have been Remains of the Day yes that sounds that sounds right yeah. and yeah. I think it was, I think the best supporting was won by Anna Paquin Anna Paquin yes, yes. The piano yeah. one, one, yeah. one piano yeah. one and two yeah. uh, Helen do you feel we're slightly uh, underprepared with these guys know what we're talking about <laughs> <laughs> I, I would say that, that the amount of cramming the night before I do as well is just the thing. Tom is actually incredibly well prepared on these things and has books and stats whereas I just uh, research it quite quickly the night before, mainly on the basis that I would forget everything if I d- hadn't just made notes of it. Tom is very much more organised than I am about these things. When what goes through your head when the when the films are picked out? Because for me, I like I love the idea of your, of your show, mm. but there'll be some where you just think I don't want to watch that. That There's should a, never have won. One of the things that I, that's, I spotted is that there are so many uninteresting films in the 80s and 90s. It's a really fallow period. It's a, as, the, as the blockbusters take over the multiplexes, the mm. Oscars doesn't really know how to react. And then in the mid-90s, what happens is independent films start coming through and then things start getting much more interesting again. So anything from about 1980 to about 1994, this makes me go, oh, God. So do you think things like Sundance gave them a bit of a kick yeah. in the ass? Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sex, and li- sex Lies and Videotape and stuff like that. I, I, yeah. I really like the breadth of movies that are being recognised now. Mm. now in, in consecutive years, you had Spotlight and Moonlight winning. Yeah. And it's hard to think of two more different movies. Oh, they yeah. both won best, they won best Picture in consecutive years. And they both have the name, both have light in the title. Yes, they about, do. about the only thing they have in common. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what won this year? I can't remember. Shape of Water. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. What were your thoughts on that? You, you were, you were a, a Best Pick completist. Oh, yes. Sense, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I've, for actually for a number of years, I've made it a personal project to watch all the movies nominated for Best Picture before the ceremony, yeah. ideally at the cinema. Shape of Water, I thought, was very well done, but I think it's one of the, it's like a house of cards. If at any moment the thought creeps into your head, isn't this all a bit silly? <laughs> then it collapses. <laughs> Provided you can keep that thought at bay, if it keeps you under its spell, it's wonderful. You see, I'm... I'm, in a way, loath to spoil the forthcoming episode when we eventually get to Shape of Water because I know amongst the three of us, <laughs> I, I think it's going to be one of the years where we really differ because I really loved it and it's, my, it's probably my favourite of the uh, nominees this year. So Get Out was my favourite. Yeah, I know, I know. And I think I'd think Jess would probably go for Lady Bird. But, well, you know, this is, mm. this is pr- hopefully a while away because otherwise we'll just have to be going, well, you all know this one. Really. <laughs> yes. we, we all saw this last week. So, yeah, it's great. I think it's good... It's a good set. Well, Shape of Water versus Get Out, I think, were my two kind of favourites going into it. Um, both in terms of their vastly different kind of stories, mm. and I, I think I'm, I'm on your side of the of the coin there, Tom. In that, I really loved a lot of Shape of Water, but ultimately, I was kind of like, it's a fish love story. <laughs> yes. um, Sex not, fish fantasy. Yeah, and it was, it was just a bit weird and icky but yes. Guillermo del Toro awesome Octavia mm. Spencer awesome Sally, Sally Hawkins Sally, awesome yeah. Yeah, all these things are awesome but then it's just a bit like what's going on here exactly but <laughs> yes. I, I need to watch it again I think um, right we're talking about other films but mm. talking about your podcast John who are you by the way um, well I'm the other uh, the <laughs> other co-host well one of the other two co-hosts our, our third host is is in New York because you know she, she didn't yeah, want to join around. us for the glamour here uh, she was just she's just slumming it 
Um, yes, and I'm, uh, I, I've been doing the podcast with Tom for the past uh, however long it is, and I'm a writer as well. Tom's a writer, we're both right. Uh, a lot of Doctor Who radio plays, amongst other things. Um, yeah, but also really big movie fan, so yeah. Yeah. You're in the right place. Yeah, Absolutely. it kind of works. I'm not sure there's much else to plug. Oh, we basically covered it with you, haven't I? Yeah. So we're here to talk about your choice. Yeah, which my is... choice was Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Um, I I I wanted to pick a film that I don't think many people have seen that I do like. Um, I have a couple of films that are my quick recommendations for people. Okay. Um, that were on Netflix and the other one is a film called Triangle but I discussed that with Tom on the podcast so I thought it's you know fair, fair's fair let's go Tucker and Dale versus Evil um, it was just a film I remember coming across I think on a Den of Geek list of films under 90 minutes that are good <laughs> and that appeals to me the amount of times when I've been sat at home thinking oh you know what I'm going to relax I'm going to watch a movie just funny around on the internet long enough that it gets to about quarter to eleven, I go. Oh, God, I can't. I can't watch anything now because they're all too bloody long. And so this film, being an hour and twenty-four minutes, is perfect for that. <laughs> and that's not including the credits. Um, that is not the sole reason I would recommend it. There are a lot of films under an hour and a half that are absolutely appalling. Uh, basically, to summarise the plot of the film, um, it's a reverse slasher. There are a lot of college kids go out into a forest where there is a cabin in the woods uh, to name check another film uh, and that is inhabited by a couple of hillbillies who through an increasingly awkward set of circumstances they begin to think are serial killers they're not they're two very very gentle and lovely men going out just for a holiday to go fishing and enjoy themselves but circumstances and the situation conspire against them uh, and then slowly we have a sort of lady killers but with college uh, kids where they're all managing to get themselves killed in a variety of gruesome and horrible ways um, uh, and there's also a, a, a genuinely quite sweet love story in there and it all comes together it's generally good fun I think yeah um, I think when you talk about the time yeah. of a, the length of a film you're preaching to the converted in, in this <laughs> pod booth especially when it comes to Netflix and wanting to get something It's on. always a joy it is. to yeah. check the runtime of guest choices <laughs> and find out they come in at 89 minutes. I remember when Shallow Grave came out, there was a lot of hoopla around this, these three young men who'd made this amazing film, writer, director and producer. And one of the things I remember they said in interviews is they made a pact with each other that this, would, this film would not be a, a second over 100 minutes. Mm. They really wanted to make this nice, lean, tight, taut thriller. Mm. I, I've got quite fond of the short sharp mm. film in in recent years the the film that just goes in does a thing gets out you know uh, most recently a quiet place uh yep. does that very efficiently yep. it doesn't do anything it's very lean moonlight we've already mentioned mm -hmm. whiplash is another one that's that strikes uh to mind um it, it just feels we get quite used to the, the slightly bloated and in fact tv episodes are going yeah. that way as well mm with all of these Netflix TV episodes where you're kind of going, right, I'm just going to sit down and watch a quick hour. How long is this? is an hour and 50. I could watch an actual film. <laughs> yeah, I always feel cheated when that happens. I'm like, how yeah. long is this? I just wanted to like sit down and watch something quickly with my lunch. I don't, I, I've got stuff to be doing. Have you seen uh, My Life as a Courgette? No. Oh, that sounds brilliant. But that's like 60 minutes long. Um, Sign me up. Came, I think it's a... I'm not sure if it's Belgian or French originally, but it's a lovely, lovely film, animation. Um, and it's 60 minutes long and you don't feel shortchanged in any way, shape or form. So this, this is my, one of the main kind of arguments is 
if you can leave a film that's 60 minutes long, which is less time than an mm. episode of Game of Thrones, for example, um, and that's a complete film, then you can, you, you can cut a lot of this stuff down and, and edit things so it just makes a tight 90. Well, there's, there's also the thing, isn't there, with um, the, these modern live-action versions of Disney films, where they're now two hours long, we're going, it was an hour and a quarter in animated <laughs> yes. form. And it I, had songs. Yeah, and it had... And there's... If, 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 if you could tell it that quickly, and it's the same plot, and it is a version of the same damn film, why... These 45 minutes aren't necessary. You don't need them. And also, surely it's just more expensive. To make a longer yeah. film, <laughs> yeah, you would, yes, and you'll get you'll get the same people coming again. Uh, of course, then you could you could say with that there is the quote. Is it? I can't remember who it is. Is it Mark is it, Twain or Victor uh, Hugo? I think I thought it was Day Carter. Is what I'm thinking of. I'm it, sorry, this letter is so long. I didn't have time to write a short one. Yeah, I I, I think it's 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 one of those yeah. slightly posh, slightly smug writer types <laughs> yes. writing something very very clever. But it's you know I can see where they're coming from. Yeah, yeah. so I think this is a good pitch for a film. Tuckendale versus Evil. Yeah, I hadn't, the- I hadn't seen it before. And so I started watching it. And I went, okay, so this is a this is a, a, a film playing games with horror movie, Evil Dead style tropes and, and imagery. And, oh, I recognize him from Joss Whedon stuff. Yeah. And they're going to play around with the tropes and invert it. The problem is there's a much better film that, that fits that description, which came out two years later. Um, you're thinking Cabin in the Woods. I am, yes. See, it is to Tucker and Dale's deep misfortune that a far, far better <laughs> film that plays a lot of the same games came out only two years later, basically rendering this film... What, defunct? Yeah. Oh, I know, I think Irrelevant. <laughs> Unneeded. Sh- superfluous. I'm not sure that it renders it. I, 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 had, I had more fun with Tucker and Dale versus Evil than I did with Cabin in the Woods. Did you? Yeah. I felt the opposite. I felt... The thing about Cabin in the Woods is it keeps giving you new layers. It keeps revealing new things. It keeps coming up with new surprises. Yeah. When I figured out the gag of Chakra and Dale versus Evil, which is about the 25-minute mark, There's no more there gag. are no more surprises left. Every, mm. Everything else was just rote. So I think it, it sounds like a good, good idea for a movie on paper, but I wasn't very entertained watching it. And I've got other complaints as well. Can I give you a few other complaints? Go for it, go, go for it. it. Uh, it's a bit homo-giggly. In what way? There are lots of jokes about... Tucker and Dale being a gay couple, which seem like they came out of a, a movie made about 20 years earlier. I, I don't remember any. There's the, well, there's the blowjob gag when they get pulled over at the beginning. Oh, okay. There's okay, another yeah, one in the cabin. Uh, I think there's a third one later on. It just feels a, it just feels really old fashioned. Am I like being terribly tweezy. innocent that I literally didn't notice? I, I'm nothing. Blowjob gag. At the, I can't even remember that. So well, he's it, he's bending over in the car and has his, his, oh, has his shirt okay. off. Yeah, yeah. Looks like he's giving him a blowjob. Okay, okay. There's the, yeah, that's a bit. Yeah. It's kind of interesting because we were talking about the Breakfast Club. Um, oh, yeah. A few episodes ago, and we all watched it and then came to the came to the pod booth just like just here. Um, and I can't remember if it was Tom. Um, or Izzy that said about the sexual assault in the film. Mm. And we were both like, what do you mean sexual assault? <laughs> and when it, when it, yeah, I think it was Tom, when he explained it, it was just like, oh shit, that's actually, <laughs> that's actually very dark. Yeah. Um, and when he explained that blowjob thing again, I thought at the time, I thought, I'm not sure you'd do that now, but. Yeah, I, but it was only 2010 this movie was made. Yeah. This is not a, a movie which we can forgive for being made at an earlier, more innocent age. It was made <laughs> eight years ago. Uh, and then the other big complaint I've got is that the plot requires everyone in it to do things which are by and large Same. motivated yet yeah, only in order to bring around the gag. The whole thing feels very contrived. It reminds me a bit of one of the Pink Panther films 
where uh, there's three different or four different assassins after Clouseau, and uh, they all manage to accidentally kill each other while he breezes through the middle. Thing is, that's 20 minutes out of a two-hour movie. Mm. This is the whole film, is that gag, over and over again. Okay, I, I can, see, <laughs> I can I, see where you're coming from on that, but the thing is, I... Okay. Oh, I'm going to slightly spoil it. Right. Um, we can go to spoilers if you want to. No, this is, I'm potentially spoiling a thing for best pick in the future. Uh, one, of my, <laughs> one of my favorite scenes in all movies of all time. In fact, I would go further. I would say. It's not in Tucker Dell versus Evil, is no, it? No, it's not. My favorite scene in any film ever, which I appreciate is a big statement, mm. um, is a scene in, of all things, Batman. Which one? The movie. <laughs> Tim Burton, no. Mike Keaton. Oh, that, you mean Batman the movie. 1966, 1966 Adam, West. Okay. Adam West. Hold on, what, is that a best pick? Nope, no, no it right, isn't. I know that we, we have questions and I know one of the questions might come up is your favourite scene. Oh, yeah. This is my favourite scene in any movie ever. It's a, basically a sequence where um, Adam West is trying to rescue uh, Miss Kitka, the, the astonishingly uh, well-disguised uh, pseudonym of Catwoman. <laughs> um, and, subtle, and he subtle. nips into this, this bar on a, on a pier and he can't, Finder, but there is a big spitting bomb, a big round cartoon style bomb with the word bomb written on it and a big, and he rushes out into the bar and goes, everybody get out, there is a bomb and he picks the bomb up and then he goes to throw it off the edge so it will blow up safely without hurting anyone. And that then proceeds for about, I think it's about four and a half minutes of the same joke over and over and over. He he runs down the pier. There is a Salvation Army band playing. So he turns around, goes the other way. There's a couple <laughs> There's a couple with a pram. He tries to throw it over the edge. There is there is a boat going past with a couple canoodling in it. Goes another way. There are some ducks and a ducklings going, going along on the Everywhere he does. And they, it goes on so long that they run out of ideas and they go back to the... He starts bumping into the same people. And I remember watching this and all I could think was going... You are sticking with this joke. You are properly committing to it. And for me, that sort of taking a joke and just going, no, we're just going to keep doing it. We are, we're, we are, and that kind of absurdity of going, no, we are, it's a good enough joke mm -hmm. that the, the constant repetition I, is what I actually like about it. I like the, the ongoing absurdity. It, as I say, that's why I sort of reference the lady killers. That has the sort of the central joke of they manage to kill each other. In, in different ways during the course of it. And I think... Okay, you've compared this film to The Lady Killers twice. Yes. If you compare, <laughs> it to, not, Lady, if you compare it to The Lady Killers again... You're going to kill me. We will have words. Okay, I'm not saying... I'm not saying it's The Lady Killers, but it's... Good. it's, it's it, I, I like the... Uh, I, I don't mind the repetition of the joke. I think the repetition hmm. of the joke, for me, is the point and makes it funnier. Helen. I mean, I'm, I'm quite a big horror fan, so I enjoyed the earlier inventive ways of college kids being killed. Um, As you're a big fan of Final Destination, aren't you? Yes. Yeah. I love Final Destination films, which obviously each film has to get more inventive in how it kills off people. Um, and yeah, I, I enjoyed that. Um, but yeah, I kind of got what they were trying to say and then they didn't really take it anywhere. So... Yeah, kind of the first half hour is kind of fun and entertaining. Right. The rest of it was a bit, come on then, 
finish wrap it wrap it up boys but um interesting i realized today that it's uh, from zombieland director so this was kind oh, of his okay. um, i didn't realize that uh, would have been his sort of trial at um so is, this is before zombieland yeah zombieland's okay. 2013 so this kind of would have been sort of a, a tester for that okay i really, I really enjoy really, zombieland yeah. zombieland is superb i do like zombieland a lot I guess from what you, Helen and Tom are saying, that's probably why this film didn't get as much traction as maybe mm-hmm. it did. Because I, I really enjoyed it. I thought towards the end it kind of didn't stick the landing that well. Mm. Oh, I would go with that, yeah. Uh, but I was in the in a final destination where I was like, well, let's see how they're going to kill themselves this time. Yeah. Let's see what let's gonna let's see what happens. And my favorite death is um, when Alan Tudyk cuts into the beehive and then with a with a chainsaw and he was running out screaming away from these bees and the college kid runs away thinking he's chasing him with the colic with the uh, chainsaw Alan Tudyk actually runs past him because he's trying to wave, mm. go for, go away with these bees and the college kid um spew, skews himself in the stomach and it's just that kind of look on each other's faces that they were as they were running parallel to each other I thought that was I thought that was hilarious I think there's a lovely moment at the end of that sort of sequence where the kid dies and he has I think one of the bees lands on his nose yes and there's just this faint sense something in his eyes makes you just go Oh, he's just figured out what he's what's yeah. just happened, <laughs> which I quite like. Yeah, I mean, I I I, I, I like the the absurdity of death. The fact yeah. that these aren't just simple deaths; they just get increasingly ridiculous. And and th- so this is one of the other things I, I I love about the film is the fact that it's it it's a comedy, but the the deaths are genuinely quite horrible mm. and, and bloodsucked. But the one. My favourite particular death is another Alan Tudyk one, which is the guy diving headfirst into the wood chip, <laughs> which uh, and 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 Alan Tudyk trying and to pull the, him out. Alan Tudyk basically, oh god, this is awful. <laughs> We're just reacting like an actual human would if that happened, and like an actual human, not in a horror film. Um, and, and but the sheer goriness of that, and the guys getting set fire to later on, all of it. That, that's quite. It goes quite extreme, which mm. I I like for something that is basically a comedy. Um, the sheer, um, I was going to say bloody-minded violence of it. That's that's probably the right phrase. That, actually. I, that I wood chipper of, scene reminded me of Fargo. Yeah, oh yes, yeah. <laughs> I kind of wish Hannah hadn't brought up Final Destination now because that's another film, or in fact, set of films, which is better than this one. <laughs> I mean, I think again that the death is the deaths are so much more inventive than that. There's an extremely, uh, I think it's in Final Destination three, where they're like at some kind of I haven't seen it in so long. Uh, like uh, outdoor fairground or something and an explosion goes off and a bit of barbed wire fence goes uh, sailing through the air and just trisects this guy. <laughs> that is so much more inventive than anything in this. This is just... Uh, to be fair, it took them three films to get there. <laughs> the, this was the one that sticks there's, in my there's, mind. There's so many yeah. Final yeah, no, Destination. No, no, I know. I, yeah, but I think, I, I'm quite fond of it. But I think the point is in, in the setup of this film and how the deaths happen has to be made to look like from an outsider's point of view that these college kids are being massacred by by these two by these two rednecks i think that's part of why it's, yeah. it seems inventive it's not just their gory deaths it's like i do i, I felt see... I've, I've seen a lot of this before in other horror films i can't be specific but there there are a lot of horror films where people do die running from the killers mm-hmm. in kind of impalement and things like that. So it, but they don't it die wasn't trying to kill the killers and jump into a wood chipper and then your friend. The wood chipper is new. I'll give, give you that the wood chipper, but some of it, a lot of it has been done before in various kind of ways. And it all just feels a bit contrived. There's, there's one grace note I did appreciate. One thing <laughs> I did think, Oh, I haven't seen that. Uh, and that's the, the, 
the, the obviously from the beginning psychopathic member of the mm -hmm. group of college kids mm. has a lovely little trait where he says something incredibly malevolent, high status and profound, and then takes a puff on his inhaler. That's a really <laughs> lovely little beat. Uh, but so much of it just I thought it's almost like they had the idea for the movie and then they were so pleased with themselves. They sort of they they then they then checked out, had an early lunch and then finished the script in an afternoon. I okay. I will I will concur with one thing. As I say, we were saying that we don't think the landing, they stick the landing. And that bit, I will agree with it. The, the sense I find watching it again uh, is that they don't, they've got the idea for the film, but they have no idea what the, the third and final act is. Mm. And so with the obviously psychotic member of the team, that whole subplot with him, I just don't think works. It feels like yeah. it comes out of a different film and it feels like they've just got to, well, we've got to finish this somehow. And there's a twist with him at the end, which really doesn't work and is a doesn't little make bit any icky. Sense. Yeah, and it's just, um, it, it, that really shouldn't be there. And that's from the sense of, as I say, of just them needing to finish it and find some sort of ending for it rather than just taking the conceit, sticking with it, exploring that as many different ways as you can, which is the way I think they should have gone. Yeah, so I didn't like that kid at all. Going to talk about the love story. Uh, let's, uh, let's talk. You, uh, John, you said you thought it's quite cute. I thought. Yeah, I think it's. I think it is a little bit cute, but it's also desperately unconvincing. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah, I don't buy it for a second. No, I mean, yeah, no. It, it's 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 one of the things that 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 we slightly unglamorous. Uh, Harry, you, yeah, I, I, I'm talking about me. I'm not. I'm not Tom's looking at me askance. Um, would, would love to kind of be true, but no, no, no. That never happens in reality. Never does. And um, I mean, they only have board games in common. Yeah. Is that what they'd establish yeah, and, their mutual and shit board games as yeah. well, aren't yeah. they? So. But I, I don't think this film is doing a public service by by telling nervous, overweight men that what they need to do to pick up girls is beat them at trivia contests. <laughs> I don't think, I mean, I've been married a long time, so maybe I'm out of practice, but... That was never my tactic. <laughs> um, I don't know, should we go into the scores and like and battle this I, out? Actually, I, I would say we've... One thing worth mentioning is that I do think any film is enlivened by the presence of Alan Tudyk. We've mentioned mm. him briefly in a this, couple of times. Uh, he's, uh, a, he's a welcome face in any film, he, yeah. I think we'll all agree. And that's, I mean, I think that's part of the point of saying in that surprise, this, I can see why you guys, um, what you guys are saying is probably the reason why the film hasn't done as well as I perhaps thought it would. I thought it found a really, it probably has got a really strong cult following, but I don't think people... They kind of enjoy it for what it is, but don't really spread it. But Alan Tudyk for me is someone who I've only really come to know recently mm. after watching um, Rogue One. And I was like, "Who's that guy?" Oh, of course, yes, he's a, yes. He plays K two S O, and then yeah, you, you see what he do, what he's done is like he plays lots of voices in a lot of things. Um, such a talented voice, uh, a voice yeah. actor, and character actor, and and comedian. I seem to remember there's something like um, he, he's. Someone in Zootopia who is actually a back reference to his character in Wreck-It Ralph. Right. Oh, right. <laughs> Which is a really weird little yeah. detail where you're kind of going, wow, that's kind of amazing. Yeah. Um, I think it's fantastic. I just wish he did. He had more opportunity to do more stuff. Some, somebody pointed out to me ages ago, and I, I kind of think this true, is I'm coming from my mass, massive Doctor Who nerd background, and right. I would accept basically almost any British actor as Doctor Who. And, and I'm so fine with Jodie Whittaker, but there was at least part of going, specifically there, Kind of always feels it's got to be a Brit. It feels like it's so kind of quintessentially an Englishman. But somebody pointed out, if Alan Tudyk did an English accent, I'd go, yeah, I think I'm probably there. <laughs> I, I think he'd be good. 
I think he would make a terrific Doctor Who. And it's, you know, if they ever did the Hollywood movie and they, they cast an American, yep, that would be my pick. I'm not sure that would be allowed, though. I don't care. Hollywood I still Doctor want to Who. see it. I, I'd be tempted to see it. Um, and, you know, I, I just want him to be in more films. I want him to be um, carnage when they eventually get to doing that in the Spider-Man films, <laughs> which but by about the seventh or eighth reboot, they might eventually <laughs> figure out a way of you doing him at some point. They'll just keep making more backstories. More oh, origin stories. God, no. <laughs> in the last one, they did, they did gloss over it. In the to last be fair, one. they did, yes. yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on Tudyk? Oh, I think it's great. I mean, I first saw him in Dodgeball, so that's fun. Was in do- this is yeah. the thing. It's just one of those people that I just, once I realise who they are, and then you see films, I'm like, oh, shit, it's that guy. But I like um, your man from Sideways. Oh, yes, yeah. Which Paul, Giam- Paul, Paul Giamatti. Oh, yes. yeah. And he crops up in all these things. Jonathan Banks, who played the main character in... Um, I can't remember the names of things in it. Breaking, 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 Breaking Bad. Yeah, yeah. Breaking Bad. Bob Odenkirk. He, he was in, he was in, he was in their airplane. John yeah. <laughs> and I was like, these these guys have got so much. He's in Gremlins as well. He's in Gremlins as well as a cop in Gremlins. Do you uh, want a Breaking Bad Jonathan Banks fact? Yes. Jonathan Banks is only in Breaking Bad because Bob Odenkirk couldn't film that day. Really? Yeah, yeah, I read this. That character was created only because it, it was supposed to be Bob Edenkirk who came in to clean up the mess and he couldn't film that day, so they created Mike Urban oh, uh, And thus... <laughs> yeah, and thus the legend's created. Yeah. Should we go to the scores now? Let's get to some scores. Sure. So uh, these are uh, wonderful Flixwatcher scores. They are all out of five. And... Um, we will start with you, John, because it's your choice. The first up is the recommendability. So, um... well, I'm I'm going to be in defiance of certainly you, Tom. I'm going <laughs> I'm going to go for four. I'm not going to go for five. I'm not insane, um, but I think I think this is a perfectly entertaining film with you know a couple of beers, have your mates around. It's a great one to watch. It's a, it's a good Netflix movie, I think. Yeah. yeah. Tom. Uh, if you like horror comedies, this won't actually make you want to claw your eyes out. As rude as I've been about it, uh, you know, it's uh, it's <laughs> it's not one for the poster. It's not it's not incompetent. It's just not, I think, quite as clear as it thinks it is. I think I would go two. <laughs> wow, that was that was that, that, that was like reads as four, <laughs> two. Well, yeah, okay. You can't go to decimal places, by the way, guys. Two point so, five. Two point five. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for your generosity. <laughs> I do love how people get to their points, the score sometimes. Like, yeah, I've, read, I've watched this like once. Um, I think I'll give it a rewatchability score of five. Like, <laughs> You've only seen it once. Okay, fine. I don't know, sure. Um, Helen. Um, so, I mean, I found it particularly kind of unoffensive and <laughs> remote. You know, it, it zips by as well. It wasn't a drag and... Um, it was quite nice to watch some inventive deaths, but uh, the story doesn't quite fit its runtime. And uh, yeah, I, I'm, I didn't like it as much as I wanted to, um, but it is only eight to nine minutes long. And if you're a fan of Alan Tudyk or Tudyk, 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 yeah. um, if you're a fan of him uh, and the kind of comedy horrors, then, you know, it is recommended. So I'm going to give it a three. I am going to go for, I'm going to go 4.1 because I think there'll be, there'll be a lot of people who I know will really enjoy this, but don't know it, it exists and just caveat and say, look, it, towards the end, it kind of get, <laughs> turns in, 
I don't know. It's nonsense at the start. It's nonsense <laughs> at the end. But the nonsense at the start is good fun. The nonsense at the end is just dumb. A little bit odd. Yeah. Um, so ignore the last kind of 15 minutes. That college kid just goes way over the top for no particular reason and is, is a dick from start to finish. Um, but yeah, I want to champion it a bit. And it is a short film. It so, is. 4.1. Uh, repeat viewing score. John. Um I have seen it a few times. That's the thing. I, th- I think I, given it's out in 2010 and I've seen it at least three times, mm. uh, that's probably going to, I'll go four. Okay. Yeah, I probably wouldn't have watched it again if it wasn't for this, but um, so I'll go four. Tom? I don't think there's a lot left after you've seen it once. I'm surprised you got through. No, it's, it's, it's the fact I would watch it with other people. That's the thing. So the second time I watched it, I was having friends going, hey, you guys will enjoy this. That's the thing. That's, They're that, still your friends? Uh, I haven't seen any of them in, in, in years. One, one of them killed himself shortly afterwards. Um, how, how did that happen? Stumbled and fell into a wood chipper, yeah. Whilst uh, waving the copy of the DVD over his shoulder. 1.5. 1.5. Helen? Uh, so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not good. Probably not going to watch this again. One. I'm going to go, I think I'm going to go two and a half. Cause I think I'd, I'd like to quite see, I think the start of it is, is genuinely clever. And it, it took me a while to realize what was going on. And when I did, I was kind of uh, applauding it. So I think maybe we need to watch the start a few more times and see how they kind of built into it. Because when you first see Alan Tudyk, he is genuinely kind of menacing, and I'd quite mm. like to see where the, the kind of flip actually happens. Yeah, because he's, he's either not. menacing or comic. I think. Yeah, his face is so friendly. There is there is definitely one role he plays. In fact, I can think of at least two where the fact that you warm to Alan Tudyk is to disguise the fact he's a psychopath in this film. <laughs> and what did I say? Two point five. Yeah. Uh, small screen score, John. Um, I, I, I think this film is sort of made for TV. That's the thing. I wouldn't want to see it in the cinema. It would mm. seem lost on a big screen. Um, so I don't, I, I don't know. Should I give that a five? Do you think? Just that's if a, I think, I think it's height. perfect on the on a small screen. It's not a film you'd particularly need to see in any other environment. Yeah, yeah. five. Yeah, I mean, it, it's 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 no no better or no worse on uh, on Netflix than it was at the uh, Odeon Four. Did you watch it in the cinema? No, no, no. I'm okay. just, I'm, I'm, just I'm to... imagining yeah. sort of morbid fantasy about what it would be like to have paid to see it. <laughs> I guess that's part of the small screen score with Netflix is that if you had to pay separately, if you yeah. went to if you went to Blockbuster, yeah to get this DVD to rent it out to then take it back then that does play into the score a bit as well doesn't yeah. it yes no definitely that's true um, H um, so I'm going to give it a five um, I mean it it's kind of the perfect Netflix film it's one of those ones that you'll be like oh I kind of like the concept of this I kind of like Zombieland I kind of give like it a Alan go oh yeah I think it'll, it's, I think it's got an audience there yeah uh, yeah I'll go five as well like you say if I'd have seen this in the no need to see in the cinema whatsoever and being a non-horror fan I, if it if i'd been aware of it in the cinema i probably wouldn't have gone anyway so this is where they just find a home i guess it, it in mi- your home it might have been fun with an audience mm. um because some of those slightly stupid dumbass i saw um 
uh, Big Trouble in Little China. Oh, wow. Prince Charles Cinema a, f- a few weeks ago. And I largely thought Big Trouble in Little China going, yeah, it's okay. It's probably a little bit rubbish. Had a ball. Seeing it in the cinema where all of the stupid-ass dialogue just makes people wet themselves off and go, oh, it's deliberate. It's it's deliberate. Oh, it's great. It's that, so, so that could happen. That kind of thing, yeah. But at the same time, get your mates round. Yeah. That's the thing. Curry, beers, that's it. Engagement score. Right, so in terms of how easy would it be to switch, I could switch this off relatively easily. In fact, I think I was, because I'd seen it a few times, I sort of was half watching, I think, this time, if I'm absolutely honest. Uh, so I'd probably say um, three. Okay. I mean, it's the things it does wrong, I think, are not, nothing to do with the kind of spirit of it. I think it is, it is cheerful and, and breezy and, as we've said, short. Uh, and that all works in its favour. So I'm, I'll actually go. I'll go three point five. Okay, we're beating John on this yeah. uh, this outing. Um, I mean, I think it must be because it is so short. But I basically sat there for, throughout the whole thing and did not feel the urge to kind of check my phone or anything. I was getting a little bit like, "Come on, wrap this up then," because we need to kind of end it. But I guess it's got to be four point five, really. Yeah, I got to go for four point one. I think that that college kid just really took me out of the game towards <laughs> the end. Just really pissed me off. I don't know what his agenda was. Yeah, it's a little bit. He was just evil. It's a little a bit dick. broad strokes, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Is I think the gag's supposed to be he's still alive at the end, and that's how come the reporters at the beginning. Are getting attacked? Yeah. Oh, uh, is that where um, the callback yeah. is? Yeah. Okay, yeah, I did wonder that. It's a bit. That's a bit unnecessary as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, that gives us an overall score of three point five four, which is I think that's about right. I, it's a bit lower than I thought. We we're going to have a blast. I thought everyone's going to really get down with it. Apart Sorry, from the, the landing. <laughs> no. No, it's absolutely fine. We come. This is us representing seven billion people in the world in the room. So. <laughs> Or uh, trying to. It's or good to have to. a variety of opinions, though. That, now, part of me is just going, I should have said triangle. <laughs> what is triangle? Uh, it's, it's just, I can't tell you anything. The moment okay. you say anything about it, it gives away so much. It, it's not the film it looks like in the posters. It's really good. Okay. Um, guys, Tom, John, let us know where we can find you online. Oh, The, the podcast is at bestpickpod.com. I forget. We have, um, we did reach out to oh, yeah. people on, on Twitter. Um we always reach out before we record and say we're reviewing Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Of course, the film will have a different title. Um, with Tom Stalinski and Mr. John Dorney from Best Pick Pod. Have you seen it? We'd love to hear your thoughts and include them on our podcast, Split Squatcher. Give us a five-star rating, a short review, and retweets because, you know, retweets count. And we just had one response from What Were They Thinking Podcast. And they, they come back to us all the time, What Were They Thinking Podcast, when we put the shout-outs. Uh, John, do you want to read that one solitary review? They said, uh, four stars, a very original take on a typical slasher. Yes, short yep. and concise. It is, it is Twitter. Fans there, but yeah. yeah Seems pretty solid. Um, so, ties in a bit with our overall Flits Watch score. So, sorry, John and Tom, where can we find you online? Uh, the podcast is at bestpickpod.com or iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Best Pick. Yeah, and I think if you want to follow either of us individually, our names are attached and listed there. So Tom Selinski and Mr. John Dorney. Correct. On the tweets. All right. Thanks very much for coming Thanks on. Thanks for having us. Cheers, Thank guys. you very much. Bye. Bye. Bye.
Well, thanks, guys, for listening to Flixwatcher Podcast. Um, please do come and find us online. We're on Twitter at FlixwatcherPod. Come and visit our website, flixwatcher.tv. Thank you so much to our fantastic editor, Brendan Russell, for his fantastic editing skills, of course, and to Mighty People for the tunes you can hear right now. 